Hello and welcome to the One Board Podcast. I am Rick White and with me, as always, is a man who has plenty of hand sanitizer, but he will not share it with you. It's Ryan Gatowski. How are you, sir? I'm doing good. I keep my hand sanitizer in a little plastic baggie inside my pocket. So I always have it. Yeah. Yeah. Bottle. And you actually squeeze it out of a bottle into the baggie. And it was a smaller pocket-sized bottle. Like, you totally could have kept it in the pocket-sized bottle. I could have, but I didn't like the feel of it. Yeah. Mm. Those rough edges. That almost mm. makes sense, except for the part where yeah. it doesn't. Anyway, Rick, how are you doing? Um, I'm doing all right. Um, you know, it is... We're... As we're recording, we're kind of in the middle of the whole everybody stay at home thing with coronavirus. So I'm teaching from home. I'm and, working from um, home. Yeah, so kind of cooped up a little bit, but trying to get outside and go walking and do some other things uh, to try to stay active and social and not let my brain rot. But nice. um, yeah, I hope everybody's enjoying the so. low roar of the train that is like a couple miles yeah. away, but I hear it. And I see it on the waveform. I hope everybody's enjoying that. You hear it? Yeah. Yeah, you yeah. like that, don't you? Yeah, yeah I do. Yeah. I very do. It's a good, subtle background yeah, it noise. It makes me feel... We will not talk about Ticket to Ride, even though it makes me feel like we should. Well, actually, Rick, we're going to talk about what we've been playing. And that's on my list. Well, you know... Ticket to Ride London. Oh, there we go. Maybe we this will was, talk about Ticket to Ride. This was definitely not planned. Uh, Ticket to Ride London. I oh, uh, found this for four bucks over at Walmart, and it's one of the smaller Ticket to Ride games, like uh, Ticket to Ride New York, and it's fun. It's uh, Aaron and I were just kind of settling down before we started podcasting, and uh, just needed something to just play real quick, fifteen minutes, and Ticket to Ride London fit the bill, if you will, and uh, it's good. Um, I think the only thing different. Have you played Ticket to Ride New York? I have not yet, no. Okay, so New York has these uh, coins or medallions that you cross through and get an extra point if you cross through them. Um, it's almost inconsequential. It's a couple points at the end of the game. Uh, Ticket to Ride London has a very similar thing, uh, but if you connect the different districts, so if you connect all uh, of, this, of the dots in a district, you get a certain number of points. It's not much. Mm. It's a little tweak. It's interesting. Um, it's not necessary. But if you don't have a small version of Ticket to Ride and you like the 15-minute playtime, London or New York, both good games. We have both just because uh, switch it up with a little variety, you know. So Yeah, because you have a game purchasing problem. I also have no, that. Just... Well, I mean, for $4.00. I looked at it. I was like, for four dollars, these little these little uh, uh, London buses are really cool. <laughs> you know, <laughs> little miniature London yeah. buses. So sometimes in life you need a little London. That's bus. true. That's true. So Rick, what you been yeah. playing? So so I mean, yeah. what you would say though is like, they're like five dollars is not a bad price to go out and get it. But like, don't go on a special trip if no. you own Ticket to Ride New York to go pick. Oh, absolutely up. not. We if it wasn't four dollars, I wouldn't own both of them. So, um, yeah. I, I bought Ticket to Ride New York the first time for like, what, 15 or 18, whatever it was at Target. Um, I only mm-hmm. bought this one because I saw it on clearance at Walmart and I, it was mm-hmm. a good buy. So, I, I do know that uh, a coworker at work actually uh, picked it up. Him and his wife bought it and they were very happy with their purchase. Yeah. Um, I saw it on sale 
for 10 bucks this week and thought about it a couple times, yeah. but yeah. the shelf of shame is starting to stack up again. I just had a big purchase. Yeah, it's still $9 as we're recording. So, I mean, yeah, if you don't have a copy of Ticket to Ride New York, it sounds like maybe, yeah. and you're looking for that shorter, you know, we can play it at lunch kind of it's thing. It's a great lunchtime maybe. game. That is true. I mean, we've, we've brought it to lunch and actually played two games in a lunch hour, which is really fun. Yeah. So sweet. So what you been? Yeah. Playing? Um. On my end, uh, Adrian, our buddy, came yeah. over. Um, came over the other day. What when I had spring break, which feels like a lifetime ago at this yes. point. But um, that we played a few games, and one of them that we broke out was Onitama, which I've had and received. I think two Christmases ago. Someone has our um, copy of Onitama, and I've asked three different people, and it's not them. So I've got one person left on the list. So. so if you're out there listening and you have Ryan's copy of Onitama, let him that know. That would be really good, actually, if you're listening and you and you know that's my copy. Just tell me, you know? Yeah, this one wasn't yours because it was uh, still in the shrink wrap when we played it. Um, and But uh, Adrian is a fan of games that are more strategic like this. Um, he and I had a really good time with Santorini um, back when it was really popular. Um, so I figured he would really like Onitama and he, he liked it a lot. Um, it's for those that don't know what it is. Um, Onitama, it's kind of chessy. Um, you have five students and then a master, or maybe it's four students. I think it's four. Um, uh, but basically you put them on opposing sides of the board and there's also five cards that lay out the types of movements that your pieces can make. So they're not chess-like movements necessarily, but like it'll have a picture on the card of the square that your piece occupies and then other color in the other squares that would be movement options. And there's only five cards playing at any one time, and so each player has two, and then there's one that kind of gets passed. So let's say I go first, I use one of my movement cards, um, and I pass that movement card to you, um, or to the center of the table, and I take the other one that's at the center of the table, put it in front of me. So it's like, not only do I know what moves that you can do, but I know what moves you're going to be able to do for the next few turns. Yep. And I also can have some control over um, what moves you'll be able to pull off. So um, we had a good time with it. It's very thinky. Uh, you might end up sitting there for a while while you're playing it. Um, kind of like a chess match, um, but it just plays a little bit simpler and I think I like the variety that you can get. Uh, I think we ended up dealing what Adrian termed as the more boring cards uh, for our two games. Gotcha. So we probably should have been more intentional with what cards we laid out. But it's a good one. And I, and I think one that I would like to break out. It's just I need a specific type of opponent like Adrian. I don't think it's one that Sarah would enjoy. So I have to have a particular opponent in order to play that game. Yeah. I really like Onitama. That's that's probably one of our first two-player games that I fell in love with. Um, so it's I used to play chess when I was a kid, uh, but just never kept up with it. And when you're rusty in chess, I mean it. You're you're you get pretty bad. <laughs> so yeah, uh, this is definitely a good one for me, and it's one that me mm -hmm. and Aaron, me and Aaron, and the kids have all liked. So yeah, cool. Yeah, I think me personally, I prefer. Santorini if I'm gonna I feel like those kind of yeah, scratch the yeah, same itch that's true. and so if Adrian and I were gonna sit down again I'd probably play that so if you have Santorini um, and you don't feel like you need two games you can stick with that but 
or if you're trying to pick between those two, yep. uh, that's where I would lean. But Onitama is not a bad addition to your shelf if you're looking for something else kind of in that vein. That's true. Good. Um, so I've got my second one on my what you've been playing list. We've been playing Lines of Lydia. You may have seen a live stream if you follow us on Facebook or follow us on the uh, YouTube uh, page. Lines of Lydia is the new game from Bellwether Games. Uh, it's uh, Johnny Pack is the designer. And this is a really cool economic game. It's a bag modifier or a bag... Um, I don't know. It, you use the, we hear the term bag Change builder. up your bag. Yeah. You hear, hear the term bag builder where you're, you know, quacks of Quedlinburg, you're putting stuff into your bag and you're hoping to make your bag better. This one, you'll always have four meeples in there. It's just what the ratio of colored meeples are in the bag as to what you're going to get. Okay. And so it, it's interesting. They're slight. It doesn't feel like you're doing a lot. But the game feels really good. You know, there's some games where you feel like, oh, man, that was a power move. This, it's like mm -hmm. little things building upon each other. And then it's like, okay, I feel like I'm, I'm in a good place. Uh, so a lot of resource management, buying properties, developing properties. Um, I'm not good at it, uh, as you can tell from the live stream. <laughs> um, I lost pretty handily to... Uh, to Bob and Aaron, Aaron lost by one point, which is her pet peeve. She hates that with a passion. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so it was it was a fun game. We had a good time. So how does it compare? The main bag building game I think of right now is Quacks of Quedlinburg. Yep. So how would you say it compares to that one? So you're only given four. You're given one of each color meeple, yellow, red, blue, green, and uh, that's mm -hmm. what makes up your bag. When you pull back, uh, so you're putting out a meeple, you're pulling a meeple blindly, you're putting out a meeple, and then you're pulling back one from the town square. The town square can have any number of meeples in it. I think at one time we had only two meeples in the town square, and then there was another time when we had probably about 11 in the town square. So you have a variety of meeples in the town square. You pull one back and throw it back into your bag. And so if I'm the yellow player, I get bonuses for putting a yellow uh, meeple on a yellow resource gate. So okay. what works out is if I have a lot of yellow meeples in my bag, my odds are better. Gives me the bonus points, the, the bonus resources that I want because it, it allows me to get more uh, uh, in. Uh, influence points that's what it is so okay yeah it's a really good game it's on kickstarter right now so uh we actually i did a preview for it um i'll link it in the show notes but definitely check it out because it is a it is a good game um bellwether's done a great job with you know daryl t jones is the uh design uh, is the um illustrator for it he does excellent work so uh definitely check that one out sweet um, yeah, at first when I read it, I was like, it, I was not paying attention. I did a very cursory look and I was like, this sounds a lot like coin quest. But then as I kept going, I was like, this is not coin quest at all. No. Yeah. Um, and coin quest is a bag builder. You know, this is, this mm -hmm, is a right. bag management game. Right. So. Yeah. Um, cool. Well, Ryan, the last one I was going to talk about tonight is uh, caper, which is from Keymaster games. Um, it was actually a re-release from, uh, I think they took another game that they uh, saw overseas and like printed it over here. I can't remember exactly. Um, but uh, yeah, we played this, I think, 
2018 Origins, mm-hmm. um, if I'm recalling correctly. Uh, Aaron and I played this uh, two-player card game. Um, like everything from Keymaster, it's beautiful. Um, the artwork is really interesting. Um, it kind of reminds me of like a um, a Wes Anderson movie. Yeah. Uh, the artwork. Yeah. Because of like I don't know, just the the use of color and the way it centers stuff. I don't know. It just feels very Wes Anderson to me. Um, but you are basically putting out these. Um, you are recruiting thieves, equipping gear, and just trying to steal things all across Europe. Um, so it's kind of a interesting approach. Uh, you've got um, a little bit of Sushi Go in there where you're card drafting over three different rounds. And then um, you're going to also do this. So you do that with thieves. Sorry, you do it six rounds. I'm all confused. I apologize. Um, it's six rounds. And three of them are thief rounds, and three of them are gear rounds, and you alternate each round um, what you're playing on that turn. And so you can play a certain number of thieves at each location, um, and you can play a certain number of gear cards on each thief. And these cards allow you to earn money, which you can use to pay for more gear, or it gives you um, thieving points, which allows you to, you know, whoever has (laughs) the most thieving points at a location is the one that's going to steal it at the end. Um, and so you kind of go back and forth until you're done with six rounds and then you get the winner. Um, one thing, okay, so I don't do this often on the podcast, uh, and that is to say that I'm not necessarily a fan of this game, yeah. and I really want to like it. Um, and that happens sometimes. Um, I love the art, and I think I like the concept, but um, there's part of it, and Adrian and I played this after we played um Onitama, and there's just this feeling of not really knowing what you're doing for most of the game. Mm-hmm. So in the first round, like you're drafting and playing, I think, um, three thieves, and you know, you can't in that amount of time really come up with much of a strategy because you don't know what gear cards you're going to be able to get, um, and you don't know what's going to show up in later rounds. So as you keep going back and forth, it, there's there's not an I feel like there's not enough knowledge for you to have a good strategy. So it's more of a fly by the seat of your pants kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm okay with, you know, games forcing you to, you know, uh-oh, the game circumstances changed, you better make up a new strategy quick. But this is one where it's like I had to come up with a new plan every single time I had to pick a card. And that's not something I really enjoy as much. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I ended up uh not hanging on to this game it's it's one that like i said it looks great on the shelf and i really wanted to like it but it just didn't scratch an itch for me that i'm looking for i feel like it kind of has a seven wonders duel feel to it but seven wonders duel does it tremendously better Mm -hmm. and so if i'm gonna ever play a game in that vein i'm always gonna want to do seven wonders duel instead of this one gotcha yeah seven wonders duel is such a good game and i think there's so many good two-player games out there that it's hard to keep yeah. around a oh yeah a two-player game that you're lukewarm on. You know, oh, we yeah. we have Caper. We actually have never played Caper. I did some video content with you and Aaron playing Caper at Origins, but I've never played mm-hmm. Caper myself, and it's still sitting. I mean, we opened it. I looked at all the artwork, loved it. But I've never played it. So, um, yeah. yeah, just so many games to play, and, and you lock on to the ones that you really like. Uh, hopefully, 
hopefully with everything that we're going through right now, having to stay inside a little more often, uh, Caper might hit our table soon-ish, Yeah, maybe. Yeah, hopefully part of what we can do in this time is hit, take a big chunk out of that shelf of shame. Yeah. And yeah, I've kind of got, I've got some more games that are two-player specific. Like, I've got a ton. I've probably got at least uh, 25, 30 mm-hmm. two-player only games. Yeah. And it's because it's mostly Sarah and me playing games. And yeah, if if I'm wanting to, we we don't get to play that often. If I'm wanting to play, then you know that's never going to make it back to the table. I don't. Yeah. Think. So yeah. yeah that but makes sense. you know, for there are probably some people out there that like it. So and I'm not saying it's terrible and that yeah. it doesn't work. Um, I just for me that's not the kind of approach that I want to. Didn't have. connect with you. Cool. Well, yeah. let's go into. We've got an interview with uh, the. Ludo Cherry, if you've never heard of Ludo Cherry, uh, this is Phoebe Wilder is creating some awesome, awesome um, artwork, uh, geek themed clothing items. And so Ludo Cherry is in the middle of their Kickstarter project. And so we talk with them on the other side of this break. I'm here with Mark of Ludo Cherry. How are you doing today, Mark? I'm good. It's actually one in the morning here in Australia, uh, where we're based out of. But I'm um, having to sort of work in American time anyway, uh, while we've got the campaign going. So it's the kind of the new normal for me at this stage. Gotcha. So there's a lot of like blackout curtains and trying to sleep during the day. There's a lot of, well, no. Or just not sleeping at all. Yeah, pretty much. It's yeah, sort of yeah. two-hour bursts here, and it's. I guess we'll have breakfast at four p.m. Let's go get pizza and some and some gin and tonics. But yeah, <laughs> that's hilarious. Um, so, Mark, you and Phoebe are actually uh, you are you all have created Ludo Cherry, uh, which is a clothing line for gamers, uh, a kind of a gamer RPG tabletop inspired clothing line. Is that right? That's right, yeah. So it's all uh, clothes that are meant to be subtly geeky. Um, We've got little designs like um, a shirt and skirt that have polka dots, but the polka dots are actually D20s. We've got a floral design, which has little meeples hiding in the garden. Um, We've got a uh, paisley-inspired pattern, which is... um, it's it's got little euro components hiding in it, like victory laurels and and tokens. That's really cool. It's it's really awesome. Um, I think Phoebe originally came up with it because she was sort of torn between you know having to wear something geeky or wear something nice, and there was sort of no crossover there. Yeah, yeah. Um, and 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 the idea with this is that it's subtle that you can wear it uh, to the office, or you can wear it out, or you can wear it to game night. But it's also got those little winks to gamers, uh, and if you're in the know, then you know what's up. That's right. That's right. And I like that because it's not in your face, but it's still something that you can be very proud of. You know, um, I know that it, it's funny because, uh, Bob, who is one of our writers at one board family, he's got this, uh, um, Captain America type shirt that has a meeple in the middle. And every once in a while, like you'll see somebody else notice it and they'll look at it and then they'll turn back and then they'll do a double take. And they're like, Oh, I get what you're doing there. <laughs> so, yeah. So I, I love the idea of these D20s being the, being 
the polka dots. Um, so Phoebe and I talked a while back, probably almost a year ago, um, when she was getting this underway. And so these are all handmade currently. These are handmade things that she created. Is that correct? Yeah, so all the uh, photos we've currently taken of the uh, samples, they're printed, they're, they're small batch printing fabric that we got done, and then Phoebe handmade them, sent them out to reviewers across the world, and, and, and she's she's not a professional seamstress by any means, but this was all a giant learning process for us both, uh, and currently the only ones in existence are handmade, yes. Gotcha. So Ludo Cherry is currently on Kickstarter through, I believe, the 26th of March, 25th right. of March. And so um, the, you guys are raising funds in order to create this line, in order to make this uh, this you know, mass production of these these really cool shirts and skirts. Um, now, how have you guys taken to the fact that, like, it seems to be very successful? You guys had an original uh, funding goal of sixteen thousand um, dollars, about, and then you guys at this time, you know, we're recording this a couple days before the podcast goes live. You guys are just under fifty thousand dollars. It's it's honestly <laughs> it's honestly quite uh, mind boggling on our end. We we legitimately did not expect to do this well. I mean, we um, we had a lot of uh, friends in the industry and people that were very excited when we'd take the clothes to conventions. People would be really enthused. But I guess until you hit that launch button, you never really know if you've done enough. You never really know if that mailing list is up to scratch or if everyone who clicked notify me is actually going to come come through. But the people who like this line have really loved it, and it's been honestly so. Um, it it really like keeps you going, you know. Every time yeah. someone comments and says they love it, everyone t- everyone every time someone uh, gets excited about a thing you've made, and um, we we're so thankful and and honestly quite quite in shock still <laughs> that um, that it's all uh, come together like this. That's really cool. So you know we often talk to and interview people who have put board games out there or maybe books on uh, Kickstarter and they're funding those. But this is, this is kind of the first big, you know, there have been t-shirt companies and things like that, but this is the first big clothing line. uh, I I guess in my mind, a fancier, more stylish uh, type of clothing that I've seen online. Um, Where did the, I guess, where did the inspiration for this come from? Um, You know, because this is kind of something that we haven't seen in the industry a hundred percent uh so phoebe's always uh, always been a big fan of uh fashion and she's always uh been a big fan of board games she's been you know she i think she played carcassonne when she was nine and it uh and it's it's spun out from there until uh we have you know a giant uh set of calaxes full of board games uh but combining those two was something that had never been really been done and so the 1950s silhouette that really like sort of like classic vintage vibe was something that Phoebe really wanted to imbue in these clothes um, and creating you know creating her own clothing line which um, I've, I've now become a part of uh, has been this incredibly difficult process but we're really proud of how it's turned out. That's awesome. Very cool. And we might as well, uh, I, I should have probably intro this, you know, Phoebe's, uh, Phoebe's got a cold right now. So, um, Mark, she you does. are, <laughs> you are Phoebe's proxy for this interview today. So, yes. um, but yeah, so let me ask you about the future for Ludo Cherry. You know, once, uh, once this Kickstarter ends and 
you, you all start fulfilling. Are there designs that you guys are currently working on? Uh, what is, what is, what would you guys like to see? What would Phoebe like to see in the future, uh, for Ludo Cherry? So at the moment, um, well, originally we were only going to focus on these four designs for this Kickstarter, but with how uh, successful it's gotten, we actually we thought um, we might as well introduce a fifth design that we'd, we'd been sitting on. So we've now unlocked um, a stretch goal, which is for a Cthulhu-inspired one. Yeah. Um, and so that's got like little swirls of tentacles and skulls and investigate investigating magnifying glasses and and I, that's probably actually my favorite. I'm really excited for that one. Um, and in the future, uh, we've had a lot of requests from people wondering if we do long sleeve shirts or women's cut shirts. Those are definitely something we want to address um, and really focus on. Um, uh, and we want to expand our range also to do things like uh, accessories and bandanas and socks and um, just little accents you can wear just to sort of complement something else you're wearing uh, to really sort of like rock your geeky pride wherever you are. Excellent. Very cool. I can see uh, class uh, game nights getting a lot more classy with Ludo Cherry in existence. So I appreciate it, Mark. You all have a great one and uh, hope Phoebe gets to feeling better. Absolutely. And thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate you having us on. I am an extrovert through and through. You know that about me. And you you are too, totally. for the most part. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Kind of, I would say so. Kind of, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. This idea of social distancing is uh, something, of course, if you're listening to this right now in context of the time that we're living in, this will make a lot of sense because it's all over the news. If you're listening to this two years from now, who knows? We don't know. Right. Maybe podcasts aren't around two years from now. Never know. Yeah. Who so, even knows? 2022. No podcasts. It's a desert. No podcasts. Yeah. Yeah. People got over that medium quickly. Eh, it's been around for a while. I've been doing it 10 years. It's been, it's been here for yeah, a minute. That's true. Um, so yeah. gaming at a distance, this idea of social distancing um, is to help. We are dealing with the coronavirus um, spreading through every nation pretty much. Um, and this idea of social distancing, distancing is making sure that we are not pushing the virus further along than it should, uh, keeping back in our homes, keeping out of public areas. If we're not feeling well, making sure that we're not going to public events. Um, and this can be tough for gamers. Um, already we've had a ton of conventions that have been canceled. Uh, at the moment, we actually just heard from uh, Origins that they're going to make the decision on May 1st, whether or not they're going to cancel Origins. Uh, we heard from Southern Fried Gaming Expo today also that they're going to wait a little while to see where this goes. And I think they're making great decisions. But Rick, we have to think about how we can still game, but also be, be responsible with, uh, with what's going yeah. on around us. So, um, 
we wrote a, I actually wrote a feature about this uh, gaming during the pandemic, um, a little tongue in cheek there, but it actually had some good ideas in it. And so we were going to talk about some of yeah, those. Yeah, look at you with good ideas. Yeah. Um, we're going to talk about some of those ideas, but also talk about more in this little segment. So Rick, what are some things that you can think of doing uh, with your gaming, with the hobby and social distancing? Yeah, I mean, my big thing, uh, we we have a small, you know, community here in Clarkson. I've got a few gaming friends, but um, with all the stuff that's going on, it can be tough to, as, as weird as it is to sit at home all day and maybe work at home, like, at the end of the day, I find that I'm tireder than I used to be. Yeah. And so it might be that you don't necessarily even want to go out and do stuff, so... One thing that I've really kind of jumped into a little bit more is Board Game Arena, okay. which is a virtual board gaming uh, option. So, yeah, I'm not able to have as much of the social aspect because I don't do – you can do, like, video chat and I, uh, and you can, you know, text chat. I don't do that quite as much in there. Yeah. But, you know, if I'm wanting to scratch that board game itch um, and kind of let my mind do something else for a little while – um, that's something I can do. I, I try not to do it too much because I don't want to increase my screen time uh, too much more than it already is. Yeah. Um, but in just trying to make my brain do something else, that's something that I've been jumping into. And there's some other options out there that people can consider for like online gaming that people can do. Yeah, so in that post, we actually have some different different online gaming uh, thing, gaming platforms that you can get into actually jacob coon wrote and uh wrote me afterwards and said hey did you know about this one i think it's uh what is it Yaku- uh yakuda um mm-hmm. it's a Something german like site but yeah it it looks really cool so uh i'm gonna actually try to play some games with jacob um on that site over the next couple of weeks because i miss him and we should play games Aww. That was adorable. So, you didn't ask me to play games, but that's fine. You that, don't miss well, me. Well, actually, hold you it. Miss Jacob. You have that's to. Fine. You have to be home tomorrow too. I have to be home tomorrow. Maybe Ooh. we should play some games. Maybe. 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 So uh, felt like that was forced, but I'll take it. Um, <laughs> I just felt bad. So uh, another thing is uh, doing smaller smaller gatherings. So last night we um, we actually have a home church um, that we run, and our home church was about half the size yesterday when we met. And it, it while it was still smaller, it's still it's it's still important. Every person there is important, and so these smaller gatherings, instead of having 10, 15 people over at the house for game night or going to a big game event in your city, have one or two people over. Use a lot of hand sanitizer. Ask people to take their shoes off at the door. Things like that. Be courteous. Right. You know, be responsible. You know, keep hand sanitizer at the table. Pick games like Unmatched or uh, games that you don't don't require you to trade cards, but you have your own deck or you're not trading dice. You know, you obviously don't want to play King of Tokyo right now because everybody's rolling the same set of dice, you know, so pick your games accordingly. That's something that you can think Well, of. and I think, too, you can be smart about it. Like, yeah. if anybody has got a little tickle in their throat, stay home. Just stay home. Like, yeah. that's not something that has to happen. I've been cooped up in the house. We've walked the dog and I, you know... Well, I did go to the grocery store, I guess, on Tuesday. But, like, there are people that haven't left their house in a while. Like, 
if you've kind of been doing the healthy stuff yep. and doing what you're supposed to do, then do it. And also, we understand that there are some areas that are more impacted than others. Right. I live in Atlanta where there's a few more cases um, than others. Um, the You know, there are risks involved, but, like, I, I don't I, – I think there is a, a, a balance that can be struck with, you know, we're not saying go out and, you know – hang out with every person you see and then go out into crazy public areas and yeah. stuff like that. Be smart about it. Um, but you know, you can still have a little bit of community and this might also just be stuff that you're doing with your family. I mean, you guys have five people in your house, yeah. you know, that's essentially enough for a game night. You, you guys are halfway to, uh, your maximum limit of gathering space anyway. So that's true. what about the families thing that have, have more to, than we have to 10 force people. our children to play? That's all you would just have yeah. to say, listen, yeah. if you don't play, you all have to do an extra day of school on Saturday. So, yeah. Done. If you have more than t- 10 people in your family, are we going to say that they have to break up family? No more family dinners. No you more guys family have to dinners. Break up. Yeah. That's yeah. too large of a gathering. So, that would be a miserable family dinner. Wow. That's a lot of people. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, uh, for us, social distancing might mean that we get more time to review games. Um, that's something that I've been looking at, you know, sitting down with some rule books, looking over things, being able to play a game and, and even try some solo modes. I'm not a solo gamer in any sense of the word. Oh, snap. No chance. He's going to solo. But if there's a game that we're reviewing that has a solo mode, I might actually try it now because I'm so proud of you. one of the things that I'm actually a fan of that we are going through as a society right now is that we are stripping back a lot of the crap that we don't have to do and we're focusing on the things that are important which I actually like a lot so I'm hoping that at the end of this you know in the next couple of months we have better relationships we have better outlook on things and we value things a little more you know uh from whatever i mean we've got to learn a lesson through all of this you know um so we can be uh taking more time to review games right now yeah i just need somebody to come take pictures for me because i'm really bad at it and um and uh you know i don't want to i don't want to i've started giving all the picture duty to uh bob i've been like hey bob take these pictures (gasps) Been... That's something we can do. Yes. Bob, oh, Bob will snap. take all the pictures. Got, he, he's really enjoying it. I've got it too. a list. Yeah, I have a list. All right, that's funny. Oh, that Bob. Um, yeah. The other thing that people can do, um, Ryan, this is maybe something I should look at, and maybe you do it virtually, you know, do, through a Zoom call. But uh, playing an RPG, man. Have so have you? Uh, have, have you ever played an RPG? I haven't, sir. I think um, you would really I'm, like I'm it. Way behind. Well, you know, I am incredibly creative. And, um, (laughs) um, I, yeah, I think I'd enjoy it. And maybe it's something that, you know, you do with, you know, a virtual setup if you need to, um, whatever you got to do. But yeah, it, I think it caters to a virtual setting more so than a board game because you don't necessarily have to have a visual anything. You can just, you just have your dice and you're good to go. And honestly, if you're, even if you meet together, Role-playing games lend itself to what we're going through right now really well because you only want, I know, with the RPGs that we've played in the past, four or five people is your limit. You know, you're not playing with 10, 12 people in a room. You're playing four or five people, whether you're playing Dungeon World or Dungeons & Dragons, Pathfinder, 
we play Monster of the Week. Um, I actually have a copy of uh, Kids on Bikes that I still need to learn. And honestly, we might do that as a family. Sit down and play Kids on Bikes this weekend or something. You oh, know, Because all you need is some dice. And you can sit a little further apart. It doesn't matter. You're not having to stare at a board. You know, sometimes yeah. maps are involved, which is fine. And if you need to play virtually, you can play through Skype. You can play through Zoom. Uh, you've got Roll20.net. It's a platform that's made for role-playing games. Uh, you actually can join up for free. And the GM, the Game Master, actually... Uh, pays for the subscription or whatever and their seat. And so they can run campaigns through it. It's, it's, it's a really good option. Um, and chances are, you've probably had somebody that's in your life. That's like, Oh, you haven't played an RPG. Oh, you need to play. You need to play D and D. So nice. Yeah. I, I think maybe I just actually sent a text while I wasn't listening to you talk. Um, and so maybe that's something I can do. Who knows? That's good. Uh, and then Roland Rights. Rick, me, and Bob are big fans of Roland Rights. In fact, yar, yar. earlier tonight I tried to get Aaron to play Roland Right, and she was like, nah, I'm good. I was like, crap. I'm so tired of this. Uh, I keep trying. Uh, but Roland Rights, they lend themselves, some of them lend themselves to playing uh, through Skype or virtually. You know, there are plenty of them that actually work. Where something like Welcome To... You can have a hundred players playing Welcome To. All they need is their own little sheet. So actually, you can pay attention to the One Board Family uh, Facebook page, and we're going to actually be trying some of this out. Bob is looking at his list of rolling rights that he's got on his shelf, and he's looking at some of the ones that he can that we can play virtually. And I think this week we're going to try out uh, uh, Will uh, Welcome To virtually so just pay attention and we'll uh send invites out to play some of these things over facebook live yeah be our friend yeah. play games with us yeah so so rick it's not going to last forever but for right now we're not going to be able to embrace each other so oh man well virtual hug there we I'm go sending it i'm doing it right now are you i mean no i'm looking at kids on bikes but kids I mean, on bikes is really uh, good so. Yeah, I mean, I'm planning on playing without you oh, um, as soon as I possibly can. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Um, so that'll do it for this episode of the podcast. Hopefully, um, hopefully you have some time to uh, catch up on the podcast. You can check back and listen to Will It Game. We've got 47 episodes already. We're coming up on our 50th episode very soon with our special guest. And uh, Rick, we've had a lot of fun on this show. So um, catch up on the podcast, read some of our reviews, and check out the feature on gaming during the pandemic on yeah. OneBoardFamily.com. Rick, if a person were to say, I'm not following enough social media uh, people, institutions, yeah. if you will, yeah, we're an what, institution. Yeah. What, who should I be following? They should be following One Board Family, obviously. Really? Well, first follow me. I'm the most important. That's true. Um, and then follow... No, just kidding. Uh, follow One Board Family on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We've got a YouTube channel. Yeah. Um, YouTube is really blown up with our live streams that we've been able to port over there. Um, so there's plenty of stuff for you to watch, you know. And one thing I like about the board game stuff is it's nice, like, background like yes. noise. Yeah. Like if you're just working on something um, and you kind of, 
need a soothing voice in the background. Ryan and Bob and Aaron are beautiful voices, you know. We try. Play in the background, and you can kind of learn how games work. And you don't have to pay attention to every turn, yeah. but if you pay attention every five minutes or so, you'll know what's going on. And you can check out our live play of Lines of Lydia from Bellwether Games. You can check that out on Facebook and YouTube, and be sure to hit up their Kickstarter today. So that'll do it. Rick, until next time, we will see you at the table. We all bring something to the table. Pull up a chair at punchboardmedia.com.